and welcome to the second edition of Puck Talk. My name is Jack Woods, a.k.a. Spider Jack, along with me is the incomparable Ben Hatchett. How are you doing today, Ben? Oh, doing well, Jack. Thanks for having me back in the booth. Yeah, no, you did great last week. You're a great partner. I'm happy to be here. Good morning, everybody. My uh, my, my boss, who I, I recreated this as a podcast, and my boss said that you were, quote, a great partner with a lot of insight oh hey so you have an unknown friend in nashville how about that i appreciate it thank you friend hopefully i don't let the fans down for episode two <laughs> shall we get to it yes so obviously big news in indianapolis this week Huge. as andrew luck Legend. retires oh my gosh that caught me by surprise didn't i think that'll be something we'll continue to talk about i while it's too soon and you know casually growing up in indiana following the colts the house that Peyton built mm-hmm. will always think fondly of those years and what could have been with this Colts team. Obviously, we still have time, but oh, they yeah. were projected pretty high, especially the comeback season they had last year with Andrew Luck. This is not a football show. We're here to talk hockey, but we got to at least acknowledge Andrew yeah, Luck and thank him. Acknowledge him. Thank him for the memories. Yeah, for real. He was uh, one of the politest quarterbacks in mm. the league. Um, and brilliant. Stanford guy. <laughs> a yeah. genius. Spoke it to Paul. What did he really? Up and lecture speaker. Are you kidding? A few years ago. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Um, and in uh, I guess celebration of Andrew Luck's retirement, we wanted to talk about some memorable retirees this off season. And Absolutely. The first one that stands out to me is Cam Ward. He signed a one day contract and he's going to retire. Yep. Cam Ward came back to the Carolina Hurricanes for a day contract after a brief stint. Out in Chicago, yep. This last year, Cam Ward, legend from the beginning, mm-hmm. played for a little while. Unfortunately, never got back to a Cup final, but he started out that way. He is the rookie winning goalie, uh, Conn Smythe winner in two thousand six. Two thousand six. So, as okay. a rookie, he started out with Carolina Hurricanes and got them to the final. Pretty great way to start. That's not that's not a bad uh, reputation to to uh, uphold for the next couple not of years, at all. And then he he came in, you know, he kept in the running as a top ten goalie in the league for many years. Mm-hmm. He retired at thirty five, so respectable mm-hmm. career. Oh yeah, I just thought it was crazy to think back that he started out with a cup and then it's all downhill from here. I know you hate to say that, but. On paper, it looks that way. It's kind of hard to top that, though. Your no. rookie season, you win the Conn Smythe, and you get the Stanley Cup. Right. It's kind of... It's mean, hard to do. It's hard to get the Conn Smythe as a goalie. That's right. I mean, um, you have to play it on your head the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He did. It just makes me wonder... We talked about this preparing for the show. It just makes me wonder, why leave Carolina for a year? Money? Obviously. I, mean, I think it, he got a $3 it, million dollar contract for a year. I mean, who's not going to take $3 million? Right. right. It's just interesting, the the run that Carolina had last year. You kind of think about Cam Ward and maybe could have stuck it out and enjoyed some of the the playoff spoils again. The storm surges, as exactly. it were. Exactly, oh, yeah. yeah. I would have loved to see Cam Ward uh, back for another season in Carolina, but that's just not going to happen. He got a day. He got a day. Hope um, he lived it up. Congratulations, <laughs> Cam Ward, on a great career. For real. Uh, next one, Matt Hendricks. Matt Hendricks. Third line center for the Winnipeg Jets. Yep, yep. He played 15 seasons in the league. Now he's doing uh, a brief stint in the Minnesota Wild front office. He's a... Um, and boy, do they need it. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be doing some scouting and I think player development stuff 
for them now. So, you know, that's not a bad way. He doesn't to go. have to leave hockey just yet. <laughs> congrats, then, Matt Hendricks. Congrats to Matt Hendricks. Matt Cullen. Oh, the legend. The dad of any team. <laughs> Matt Cullen, lovingly referred to as the dad, the team dad. He's got three or four boys, too, that instantly become part of the team. Um, mm-hmm. I know this being a Penguins fan, watching Matt Cullen come back and forth um, with that team, right. seeing him go back to the wild, his home state, product out of Virginia, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Virginia, Minnesota. Um, I believe that's where he's from. It's a place. Virginia, Minnesota. Yeah. That seems a little repetitive. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but Matt Cullen retires at 42 years of age, one of the longest-running players in the league, and he will wrap up the season, or wrap up his career, a proud three-time cup winner. He was part of that 06 cup run with Cam Ward and the Carolina Hurricanes, and then he was part of the back-to-back 16-17 run with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Against his former team, the Nashville Predators. Exactly. There you go. Congrats to Matt Cullen. Congrats, Matt. One thing that surprised one retiree that was... That surprised me. Excuse me. That surprised me this year was Ben Lovejoy. Ben Lovejoy, eleven years, eleven years in the league. He was thirty-five actually. So that's a common theme. Cam Ward was thirty-five, mm-hmm. and then Ben Lovejoy. I think my moment that I will always remember Ben Lovejoy would have been his stint with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was a sixteen cup winner. Okay, with the Pens, but when HBO did the shadowing of the Winter Classic. <laughs> yeah. This would have been the Winter Classic in 2011 mm-hmm. out in Heinz Field against the Pens and the Caps. Yeah. So at one point when they're shadowing the team, Lovejoy takes a puck to the face and they fly that evening. So part of this documentary, they have it where his face just swells up <laughs> unlike anything you could imagine <laughs> because the poor guy sacrificed the body, <laughs> sacrificed the face and swells up. And I remember like I think Mark Andre Fleury and Sidney Crosby are playing cards on the plane, and then they both just like are shocked, and the camera pans over, and Lovejoy is like a balloon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know he did a lot more. Great defenseman, but I'm sorry, Ben Lovejoy. That's what I will always remember. And congratulations on the Cup win and a great career. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine what it's like? Because I mean, we obviously see the players get hit in the face the players had fight we don't see the recovery no. they just go to the locker no, no, room no. they just get on the plane they and leave. i never even thought of what a plane ride would do no with well, the elevation the, the, the altitude yeah the atmosphere changes right and of course you're going <laughs> to swell up even more you're already going to be swollen <laughs> that's gr- cut them like rocky i know cut them like rocky Congratulations to Ben Lovejoy and your swollen face. Yeah, it's probably better now. (laughs) And then, finally, the biggest one that stood out to me was uh, Chris Kunitz. Of course, a legend. Another, another Penn's Cup winner. Yep. Ridiculous. And and, and I think the shocking thing about Chris Kunitz is he will retire being a four-time Cup winner and a gold medal winner for Canada. He won with the Anaheim Ducks Mm -hmm. and then picked up three with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think a lot of people out there give Kunitz a hard time because he was put around some great teams. Oh, absolutely. If you have Corey Perry and that group around you in Anaheim, of course you're going to pick up points. Right. And people say the same thing. Of course, when you're on a team and you're a line mate with Sidney Crosby uh-huh. or Evgeny Malkin for so many years, uh-huh. of course you're going to be good. I'm going to defend Chris Kunitz a little bit. And the reality is he redefined himself. For so many different teams. Right. It's harder to continue to play for, gosh, 15 seasons on different teams and still be able to contribute 
points. I will never forget Chris Kunitz's game winner to force, uh, no, to go to the final mm-hmm. against Ottawa. Double OT. Right. He was in the slot, picked up the O team winner from uh, Crosby on a back. Crosby on feet. a back. Yep, on a backhand textbook. Feet. Those two have done it so Top many times. Left corner. Oh my gosh! So that'll be my defining Chris Kunitz goal because that, that got him back to the final. That for was, a second year in a row. That was one of the most fun series to watch. Oh, I was up so late cheering <laughs> that game on. Double OT. I mean, when you think about it, there were so many highs and lows in that series. You had no idea. You had no idea who was going to come out on top. Right. And just once I saw that feed, I was like, oh, he's got it. He's going to nail it. Oh, and it, that game went on forever. Yes, it did. Double OT. Double OT. And it's the Eastern Conference Final. So that was I was just standing up the whole time, I think. <laughs> but great job, Chris. Always always happy to have you as a pen. And you made a brief stint, I think, with uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. And then the Blackhawks to finish it out. Yep. So definitely a journeyman ventured around. And then honorable mention, Roberto Luongo. Okay. Okay. Honorable but dishonorable mention. Um, oh. You know, he also retired this season after 19 career seasons in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Went back and forth between Vancouver. He was drafted by the Florida Predators, or pa- Florida Panthers. Wow. One of those days. <laughs> and then came back after his stint in Vancouver. We talked a little bit of what could have been mm-hmm. with Luongo. His closest shot was that Stanley Cup final in 11. Yep. Between Boston and the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um Made deep playoff runs that one time and had great seasons. He was a three-time Vesna mm-hmm. finalist, but couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Could not. Well, Thank we got to take a quick break here, but once again, congratulations to the retirees on all their fantastic careers, and I wish that we could have one more season of Cam Ward in Carolina. Mm-hmm. But uh, coming up next, we will talk about the free agency watch. We got a lot of people who have not signed yet. Exactly. We're going to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks because of the Central Division talk. And we're going to talk about Ben's favorite D-League Absolutely. story. Stay and tuned for D-League dreams. <laughs> Adult hockey in Carmel, Indiana. You and, can't miss it. And then we're going to talk about who won the cup the year you were born. Yep. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So. All right. You're listening to Puck Talk on 91.5 FM WGRE. See you soon. in the entire country and one of the best activities to do on campus. You could be a producer, work in newscasting, sports, even have your own radio show. And if you don't... And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life you won't regret walking out letting them get the best of you. And welcome back. Welcome back to Puck Talk. Was that 15 seconds? It was a quick one. That was a. I'm inspired by that music. Though. Who isn't? <laughs> We're back to talk hockey after a very long and extensive break to talk with our stats guys. Um, Great team here. Oh my gosh, you have everything. I mean, you are one of the most informed people about hockey I've ever met. Oh, you're too kind. You you're, should you're, come you're, down to Nashville with me. I want when to I talk on the 102.5. I'd love Justin. to. Always good to go back to Nash Vegas <laughs> <laughs> anytime. Watch out for the bachelorette parties. Right. Okay. So. Big names that we have not seen sign yet. Mitch Marner, Charlie McAvoy, Patrick Laine, and Miko Rantanen. Right. Yeah. We've got the Leafs. We've got the Avalanche. We've got the Bruins. Mm-hmm. All looking to make some serious moves and figure out what's going to happen this next season. We're two weeks away 
from NHL training camp. Mm-hmm. So very narrow window to sign up some of these big free agents. Some are restricted. Some are unrestricted. Are they all RFAs? I think I'm they're pretty all, sure they're all all RFAs. I think what we're looking at is this trade war of sorts where I think those three teams are looking at each other to see who moves first. Right. You know, is it a long-term contract? Is it a short-term contract? And then the other pieces will fall. Well, I mean, these guys are looking for a place to play for a long time. They don't want to be drifters like Chris Kunitz. They want to just stay in one place. And to be honest with you, if I'm Mitch Marner, if I'm Charlie McAvoy, if I'm Patrick Laine, if I'm Miko Rantanen, Mm -hmm. I don't want to sign $8 million to a team that's not going to be in the playoffs. Sure. I don't want to sign... Especially because they're all part of teams right now. Exactly. That are having success and know that window is there. And that... And, right. Their contention is very limited right now. I mean, with Colorado, you had that incredible first line. Mm-hmm. But How good is Nathan McKinnon? Too good. I... I, I he trains on the offseason with Sidney Crosby. They're both Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, right? People. No. So I, I just I see a lot of what he does, and it shows. The ridiculous. I mean, it, even when they're not scoring, they're finding little tricks and ways to get into the zone, to get out of the zone, to right. find you know little plays here and there. But I mean, Rantanen is the fastest skater out of that top three. Right. Right. You Which know, says a lot about I'm, him. Exactly. He can split the D on a on a one on two breakaway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Miko Rantanen is a crucial part to that Avalanche success. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Avalanche won the Central Division here within the n- next couple of years. I would agree. Um, I think also with the McAvoy deal, they're also the, the Bruins are also looking at uh, Brandon Carlo mm-hmm. is also in conversation. So they've got these two young RFAs mm-hmm. from their final run. And I think you got to wonder with the Bruins, do they look at it as, you know, they got to get Chara another cup, right? Is that oh, what they're absolutely. working for? So what can they put around the big man, the 6'9 Slovak, Zdeno Chara captain, right. and then Tuka Rask? That's a common thing that most NHL teams have. It's you have to win for the older guys who are about to retire. Right. I mean, that's how much respect they have in the locker room for each other. But you're exactly right. I mean, Zdeno Charlie, he's at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. And Charlie McAvoy is a crucial part to their success. Oh, yeah. Um, so what do you think? These three or four get picked up in the next few weeks? Do they do they hold it out a little uh, while? I don't know. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, they might do... Uh, who held out last year for the first month of the mm. season? Was it not? It, it was Nylander, wasn't it? It might have been. I, I think that... Uh, first of all, if I'm Mitch Marner, I love Mitch Marner. I think that he's one of the... I think he is the next Sidney Crosby. I could see it. Um... I love Mitch Marner. And I, he's around a team that can that is going to go places. I mean, right. the Leafs have rebuilt, and they're they're a contender. Exactly. And what I see with him, and I talked a little bit about this on full press coverage, is that um, if Toronto, for some reason, does not pick up mm-hmm. um, Mitch Marner, that leaves their bottom six in a little bit of a quandary. I mean, um, Mitch Marner scoring 26 goals. Right on the first line as a young kid still developing but you know where does that you have uh, Marcus Johansson who's going to come up right and play in the top six but where does that leave the bottom six true so um, same thing with Patrick Laine mm-hmm. 
Where does that leave? Because somebody's got to step up. That's just the mentality of hockey. Right. And football. But, I mean, this is the mentality of hockey. And you plan ahead for when you need those, when your top guys aren't contributing. Because people go in slumps. Right. You know it's going to happen. So you know Mike Babcock over in Toronto is planning for that. Yep. And getting ready. Not that he has the whole say in the the picking. You right. got GM and, and a lot of the, the management doing the work. But you know they're having those conversations of who who can we have surrounding your Tavares and, and those guys. Yeah. and Should I, they get cold? Yeah, but Tavares and Marner were such... Oh, dynamic. Incredible. Yeah. They were picking up points left and right yeah. on a nightly basis. Hockey's interesting because you don't have you don't see it too often where you have guys like that step up for their teammate mm-hmm. in, in a contract, right? Like you've seen in other leagues, mm-hmm. where you kind of need in that moment Tavares to to maybe chime in and say, "Hey, look what happened last year." Right? Crosby's done that only on a few occasions. I know he did that with Flurry, mm-hmm. and then more of those rumors went out where after the fact, before the expansion draft, mm-hmm. he he spoke up like midway through the season. No. I want to win one more cup with my friend. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they did. Golly, I hated that that, that six-game series at the mm. end of the year. But um, we're sort of on the line A, ranting in discussion. Yeah. Let's talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course. Central Division talk time, people. So we talked a little bit about the St. Louis Blues and the National Predators last year. But the big shock to me was... Chicago Blackhawks last year. Right. Um, they finished six points. Six points out of it. It was a lot closer than we thought. Right. Who was the big pickup this offseason? The huge pickup this offseason. Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard. Absolutely. You have a goalie tandem created right there yep. with Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. And it's tough. You know this team still has potential. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that talk about how, you know, you can have, you know, what's that shelf life for this team with, with Taze right. and Kaner? All under terrible contracts at right. this point. Right. You know, uh, the big thing that I see with Robin Leonard is his best season was his last one. He had a 930 save percentage. He went 25, 13, and 5. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Led this team through the uh, first round of the playoffs, got swept by the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I don't know. Corey Crawford is 34, and he peaked right in 2015 and 2016. Last season, he went 14, 18, and five with a 908 save percentage. Respectable, absolutely. But that's still not can g- do it. Yeah, that's not going to get you to the cup, right? And we all we talk about things in terms of getting to the cup. Mm-hmm. Everything we talk about on here, it's in general terms, but the end goal is the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. And if you it's don't you play the game. Right. Even rebuilding teams like the Senators, sure. They want to get back to the finals and they want the cup. Right. But um I don't know. I think that Leonard is probably your starting goaltender and I think that Crawford plays some stints here and there in November and December to give some Leonard to give Leonard some rest, but at the end of the day, I just think that Leonard is the better option. Sure. And then you're keeping Crawford healthy. Right. Rested, mm-hmm. ready to go. They can share the load, but then you want to make sure you have somebody healthy and ready to go mm-hmm. for the postseason. Because I think that's what happened with the Blackhawks. Obviously, they didn't make it, mm-hmm. but if they even would have, 
Crawford's they tired. worked, yeah, they worked harder than anything from and he's November been on. Injuries, right? To just get back in there and to be six points out, that team wouldn't have made it far because you have people that are tired mm-hmm. trying to get to a playoff. That's a, such a hard deficit to overcome, which goes back to the, the, that amazement that the Blues were able to get it done. Oh my gosh! Because you have to work so hard as compared to those teams that are already top in their conference, top in the division. And then, you know, can coast in a little bit. But then at the same time, you look at, you know, your Tampa Bay Lightning. You can have a, an easy season, but you never know. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the playoffs still. But it, absolutely, for Chicago, planning that rebuild, it's a quiet rebuild. But at the same time, trying to get a cup, still with Kaner and Taze and your core that were part of those cup runs a few years ago. Kaner and Debrinket. Debrinket's yep. the, the, the next big name in right. Chicago. Right. Kane and Debrinket combined for 192 points on an 84-point team. That's phenomenal. Video game numbers. Seriously? Yeah. I don't even have those numbers with Arvidsson on Shell 19 back sure. in the dorm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I only shoot with Arvidsson. Sure. Short guys. Yeah. I love short hockey players. Victor Arvidsson is my They've player. got a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. There's, I'll get back to the Blackhawks on a okay. second, but one of my favorite impressions is of Victor Arvidsson on the St. Jude commercials in Nashville. Oh, okay. Because he, he I'm was sure miss- they're great. I he think I missed them. Yeah, he yeah. was missing his two front teeth. Okay. So it's, I'm Victor Arvidsson with the Nashville Predators. Yep. I'm sorry. Inspiring. It's not, Inspiring it's not that with. funny now that I say it out loud. No, no, no. But, but when you're listening into it on loop 24 <laughs> 7, we all can visualize it now. Oh, my gosh. But back on the Blackhawks. In the former half of the season, they went before January. They went fourteen, twenty, and seven. Okay, so um, not great. No, a lot of a lot of regulation losses, and they were not easy. Lo- they weren't like one or two points. They were blowouts. Right. And then in the, I mean, they're the, putting up what that eight-seven game in against Ottawa. Ottawa. That's just a tribute to how terrible the right. goaltending was. How terrible right. defense was. Right. They had a lot of multi-point games, um, putting up football-like numbers right. on an ice rink. Oh my gosh! I mean, they were losing so the scoring games. potential's there, but it's the defense. It's the back end. It's your netminder. So we'll see. I mean, I, I really think you know this Blackhawks team is going to come back with a vendetta, mm-hmm. missing the playoffs. You know they're going to put up a fight. Mm-hmm. It's just going to come down to who, who, which netminder is healthy. Ready to go when they get to the postseason. Mm-hmm. And then, well, like you said, they came back with the vendetta after January. Oh, January. They, were, they were also one of those teams that were dead last, like the Blues. I mean, it was... Yep, they lost eight times in January. Went 2-4-4. Four, and four. four overtime losses in a month. That's mm. got to be so deflating. It's tough when you're picking up one point. Exactly. and But still, they went 20-10-7... and seven, from January all the way to April. Which is impressive. That's impressive. I mean, that's... Coming from the start of the season they had. That's what the National Predators and the Jets were doing. Right. And, the Jet, and, right. the, and the Jets were second, had the lead mm-hmm. in the division for all the way up till April. And then Nashville won three in a row, wins the division, and gets home ice advantage. Of course, it didn't matter once they played the Dallas Stars. But still, I mean, when you look at... Who were the better teams in the latter half of the season? You could point to the Blues and the Blackhawks. Absolutely. The Preds got off to a hot start. The Jets got off to a hot start. The Jets maintained a hot uh, their hot start over a longer period of time because right. they were able to keep some guys healthy. And then 
uh, it was sort of like nobody wanted to take that title. No, nobody yeah. wanted the Central Division title. Right. I don't know if that attests to if the teams were just bad, if the teams just didn't have good chemistry, right. if they were just locker room guy. I don't know why. I think nobody- a lot of those teams kept redefining themselves. I think that's the impressive part about those teams because you have right. to think about, you know, you've played on several teams and imagine being down and then having to dig dig deep and almost reinvent your entire, I don't know, game plan just to try to get back into some type of contention. See, I didn't have great coaches until sure. I got to DePaul. Well, I had some fantastic coaches. But I didn't have great baseball coaches in high school. Mm. I had to go outside of high school to get some help. Right. So when in terms to team success, I don't really know what that looks like yeah. because it's been about four years since I've actually experienced success. But um, I'm going to suck up to my coach real quick. Yeah. With this team, I might. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note, we're going to take a one-minute break here. Um, you're listening to Puck Talk on WGRE 91.0 FM. Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? In the forest near the side of the road. No need for alarm, sir. The forest is where bears live. But this was no ordinary bear. No ordinary bear? Yeah, one second I'm having a smoke taken in the view. Next thing I know, I am face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Let me guess, Smokey had a tip for you. He did. He must have seen me toss my cigarette on the ground. He told me never to do that because it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. He's a smart bear. Did you know that nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? That means nine out of ten wildfires can be prevented. That's what Smokey said. I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous, and you're not. Good point. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. And welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack and... What's your your nickname be? I don't know. Ben Hatchet. Let's just go by Axe. Axe. Yeah. Spider Jack and Axe. Yeah. That works. I like it. Axe and Spider Jack. That probably works a little bit better. You're the host, man. (laughs) Axe and Spider Jack here with Puck Talk. And we thought it would be a cool segment since there is literally nothing in the NHL news. Soon. Soon, our friends. To discuss which team won the cup the year you were born. Yeah. Mr. Axe, what year were you born? I'll start off. I was born in 1994. So You're old. I know. I know. Don't remind me. So, in 1994, <laughs> we're looking at the 93-94 NHL regular season. That would have been the year the Blue Shirts, the New York Rangers, made it back to the Stanley Cup Final and won. Let me tell you a little bit about this team. So, the Rangers 94 team consisted of a lot of Hall of Famers. We're talking Mark Messier there as the captain. Mark Messier would have been picked up two years ago around the 91-92 era, coming off of success with Gretzky's Edmonton Oilers. That is that Mark Messier that comes into the fold. Mm-hmm. He becomes captain of the Rangers and gets everything together. What I thought was also interesting was from that same Edmonton team that had success in the 80s and the 90s, you had four or five. Actually, you had you had four total ex-Oilers join the Rangers. Thinking about where that success comes from, your alternate captains for the Rangers, in addition to Mark Messier captaining the team, were Adam Graves, Kevin Lau, Brian Leach, and Steve Carmer. Um, 
their record that year was 52-24-8. Wow. I know. So they commanded the league and were President's Trophy winners with 112 points. Was that the team that the Tampa Bay Lightning beat in terms of like overall wins in a season? I think so. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah, because 112 points, that's pretty close to what it had to be. It had to have We can find that. Uh, the big thing with their home ice record, they were 28-8-6. Their away record was 24-16-2, so pretty lights out all year round. Right. And that was thanks to uh, their netminder in that you had a fantastic goalie in Brian... No, not Brian Leach. You had a fantastic goalie in Mark Richter, uh, Mike Richter. So looking at that, those blue shirts of the 93-94 team, not only were they President's Trophy winners, but they, they made a commanding start to their playoff career uh, that season. So they swept the Islanders in four games. They outscored their in-city rivals 22-3. to Whoa. So talk about ready to go. They were not... I don't think the curse of the President's Trophy was quite a big thing in the 90s. No, So they didn't not. let that stop them. They started out strong. However, they did face a little bit of contention in the second round. So it would have been the quarterfinal, uh, or the semifinal, sorry, for the, for the division. For the conference, the Capitals had shocked the second-seeded Pittsburgh Penguins. That would have been the years following the Yager-Lemieux days. This would have been two years after that Penguins team won back-to-back cups. So that team was still pretty hot. Yeah. And the Capitals shocked them. Although the Capitals didn't put up much of a fight. No. Um, The Rangers won the first three games. They lost game four, but finished it up in five against the Capitals. They then went on to face the New Jersey Devils in the Eastern Conference Final. And this is probably what people remember the most of the Rangers 93-94 Cup route. Uh So they were down 3-2 in the series against the New Jersey Devils. Mark Messier, before game six, made the famous guarantee. This is plastered all over the headlines around New York. The tabloids are picking it up. The captain is guaranteeing that not only will the the team win game six, but they're going to come back and win game seven in New York. He was focused, though, on winning game six and proving that this team was not done. (laughs) And he did that. Yeah, he did. Almost (laughs) single-handedly. Obviously, as I mentioned, you have a great goaltender in Mike Richter. You have a solid team around him. But Mark Messier makes that famous guarantee. He ties the series. The Rangers tie the series 3-3. Messier hat-trick to make it 4-2 in Game 6. The Rangers go back to New York for a dramatic Game 7 that goes to double overtime, and they win it 2-1 in double OT to go to the Stanley Cup Final. Once there, they play a seven-game series against the Vancouver Canucks, mm-hmm. and it becomes the first first cup for the Blue Shirts since 1940. Fifty-four wow. years later, the team comes back. Other little things to think about, though, that I thought were interesting about this team. This was the first ever group of Russian-born skaters that make it on the cup. Think about that. 25 years ago, in the 93-94 team, the Soviet Union just collapsed mm-hmm. in 1991. Wow. So the European exodus of hockey talent and stars that litter the league now, every team has at least a Russian. Yep. That hadn't happened yet, or it was just starting to happen. So you have four uh, Russian-born skaters that make the cup. It was Alexander, forgive me, Kirpatsev. You have Alexei Kovalev. You butchered that. You have Sergei <laughs> Nimchinov and Sergei Zubov. I think I got most of those right. Yeah, the so first those are your one first, you butchered, I know, but I'm, I know. <laughs> those are the first four 
first four Russian-born cup winners to get their name engraved on Lord Stanley's Holy Grail. That is incredible. Right? And Brian Leach was the Conn Smythe winner. Brian Leach was... Okay. Well, I just thought it was interesting. Think about the context. 91, Soviet Union dissolves. And it makes sense that 93-94 is the first time we see some, some Russian-born skaters. But just think about how the league has changed in those last 25 years. Without a doubt. So the blue shirts, those New York Rangers won it the year I was born. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, transitioning, I was born in 2000. Obviously, since I'm the class of 2023. But... You youngin'. <laughs> My seven years of uh, experience or whatever it is. Well, that's. Oh, I hope in the seven years that I uh, catch up to you, I'll be able to obtain and acquire all the hockey knowledge that you have. I think it's a lot of shell. Just pick. I that. played a lot, and then <laughs> no, I just pick the brain. My dad and I would be watching like NBC broadcasts, mm-hmm. and for the longest time growing up, I would turn to my dad and tell him a headline or something about a player, and I kid you not, Eddie Olchek or Doc Emmerich would say that same line. It was uncanny. <laughs> and my dad would turn to look at me. I can't tell you how many times that happened, where I would say something 30 seconds later on the broadcast. It was like I watched it ahead of time, but I didn't. I just would say something, and then so-and-so is born out of... <laughs> acquired from... Right. Yeah. Okay. So I hope I still have that. I hope you do, too. I can't I can't wait to watch hockey with you. This oh, I can't, I can't wait. Um, we're two weeks away from training camp and preseason right around the corner. And then we'll have more things to more talk about. More things. I know. We're going to get... It's going to be exciting. <clears throat> it will get exciting. And speaking of exciting, the New Jersey Devils won the Cup in 2000. Yep. Now, they won the Cup in June, and I was born in August, but I'm still going to say that they won the Cup the year I was born. So, um, they were a 103-point team. They That's respectable. It is respectable. They finished... Anytime you break 100 points, I think that's that's mm-hmm. a pretty good team. They finished 45-24-8-5. Because remember when you still had ties? Mm. Remember that? Yep. I don't even remember... I don't know how that would work as far as points today go. Yeah. That wouldn't... I don't think that that would work. I don't think so. Um, they finished second in the Atlantic Conference. They finished uh, Atlantic Division. They finished second in the Eastern Conference. <coughs> Excuse me. And what separated them from the Philadelphia Flyers, who won the division that year, was two points. Wow, two points. That's a tight race. Yeah, all the you way down they to the felt, wire. You knew they felt that pressure, right? The whole year. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's a game. That is a game. That's if they incredible. had played one more game and yeah. won, they right. would have tied. Right. So, solid team. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know about the conference winning 105 points. I'd have to look at the Central yeah. Division. Yeah. But, but uh, that was a team. You had Martin Brodeur, mm-hmm. the legend in net. Yes. Thank you for... Thank you for uh, gosh, this is why I love having you as my partner. That was just the <laughs> perfect segue. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018, won three cups with the Jet, with the Devils. Um, and then the Brogier rule: goalies were allowed to handle the puck outside of the goal crease like a sweeper defenseman. Define the game. I mean, that is a rule was made after this guy. He right. was on the team, right? And he was a guy that played into his forties. Oh, he was a he was a major. He his last stint was with the Blues in twenty fourteen. You're right, and yeah. then. 
Guess then who he did, is? He did some. He's in the front office back in back in New Jersey. Back in New Jersey now. Yep. That's right. So there you go. Because uh, he was with the Blues. The Blues gave him some type of offer. They develop, gave him like, development, like goalie coach or something, right? And then he he got back. Then he got back to a to higher his, paying his job ground. where he didn't have to right like block rubber on his arms, right? And he's forty two, and it's and he's in all those enterprise are... ads. <laughs> so you know he's doing well. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's got I, like I, a beard. <laughs> his kid's got a beard, and they're all in the they're all in like in the minivan. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> oh. Look him, look him up if you don't know what we're talking about. Okay, Martin Broder. Martin Broder, and key player on that team was uh, Patrick Elias. Yes, scored thirty-five goals, notched seventy-two points, led his team. I believe he was a left winger. And how the playoffs uh, was? Kovalchuk part of that team? Was he there? I'm yeah. looking. I, was I think, he young? I think he might have been. I'm going to look. Anyway, that sorry, up Patrick real. Elias. Yes, seventy-two points. Nice. I mean that's I mean that's pretty standard for if for a great NHL player these oh, yeah. days. Yeah. But I mean still. Right. On a 103 point team scoring 72 points, that's a pretty big role, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um how the playoffs went out, they lost their last regular season game to the team they first played in the oh, first round. Nice. They lost them in overtime. To the Florida Panthers. Then they swept the Panthers. Wow. They were really mad about that last yeah, loss. No kidding. Yep. Um was that they it, were all they were all one point games except for the last one in which the Devils manhandled them four to one. Okay. Okay. And then they go on to the semifinals where they face the Maple Leafs. Again, uh one goal games, with the exception of game three and game six, where excuse me, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have pan I should not have had pancakes <laughs> this morning. <laughs> A little indigestion this morning. I needed some sleep too. They won five to one. Okay. On Yeah, wow, they, that's that's entirely different. Five from, to one and then three to nothing. Okay. Close the series out four to two. They took Philadelphia to seven. Now uh scoring kind of opened up a little bit. In the conference finals, you had four to one, four to two, three to one, four to one. Not a lot of high-scoring games, no. But still, some goal runs though. S- yeah. Some goal runs, and then they defeated Dallas, the Dallas Stars. The Dallas four to Stars two, four to won the series four to two, and they won their last game in double overtime. And the game before that, check this out: zero zero. Through three periods, oh my gosh, and three overtimes. The Devils, wow, won. just to notch the stars, just to won. notch the stars, won one to nothing. Wow, after two games, almost, yeah, or pretty much to make just two, to just to notch that one goal, just to get back to game six, right? The Devils, those goalies are putting on a clinic that game, right? The Stars uh, lost seven two the first game. Oh wow, so I mean they were doing everything just to. Stay sure, alive. Sure. And then, I mean, of course. Oh, the toll two games. The toll a triple overtime game would take on you. You get a few of those in today's NHL. And those are always like, a, you know, the game's getting done at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. You've watched you've watched, and these, the you've watched these guys skate. Stay. Yeah, right. Well, the they get their dedication. money's... Jack, you got to stay to get your money's worth. You just, you're getting to watch two games. Right. 
<laughs> two whole never mind never mind that the guys in the ice are right. tired more than anything no the exhaustion Forget the fatigue them. no yeah, yeah you're I'm there. getting my money's <laughs> worth are you kidding me that one time you get to watch two games in one night oh wow that's crazy and it almost is sort of like uh twilight zone mm. uh from nashville big nashville guy yep leading playoff point getter jason are not or are no i think mm. it, it might be Arno. I, I think it's Jason Arno. Yeah, it, it's spelled like Arnot. I'm from Tennessee. Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah, Jason Arno. Yep. How about Mr. Jason? Mr. Jason works. Mr. Jason, a legend, captain for the Predators for three years. Came to captain the Predators after that stint, mm-hmm. and then scored 20 points. Nice. So there you go. Could still do it. Well, I, he scored 20 points in that whole playoff run. Soon to be the Preds captain. So right before Shea Weber. Yeah. There you go. A legendary man with the fastest shot. <laughs> Him and Chara. Those were always fun. Those are always fun. We got to take a really quick break. Uh, and by really quick, I mean really, really quick. Um, you won't even know. When we come back, though, we're going to talk about Ben's favorite D-League story. D-League dreams. Tune back in to hear how the cat tricks <laughs> clawed their way back to a dramatic finale. You guys are going to love this story. Please tune in to 91.5 FN WGRE. Your sound alternative. Hey, this is Blake Allen, your head baseball coach here at DePaul University, and you are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. And we're back. Hey, big news right before we get started. Coach Allen. Yeah, that was a beautiful little tie in there. Wow. I wow. Who put who put Blake Allen on the show? It's the almost there. like the guy who queued it up knew what he was Gosh, doing. Gosh, he's good. Make sure we're paying him. We're going to have a more fan oriented show next week. Special as, guest. As we discuss the St. Louis's St. Louis's rise from mediocrity. Yeah. Coach Allen. Coach Blake Allen. Allen Huge baseball guy here. He's the head baseball coach. Been here for about three or four years. Big blues guy. So Big name on campus, and we're going to be lucky to have him. He'll be in the booth next week. Tune but in. This is a very special treat. Last last week, I told my favorite story from the Pred season last year. My favorite hockey story, where I broke Philip Forsberg's hand. And you did. And I did. I cost the Preds. Three you heard months. it here first. <laughs> well, actually, you heard it on your blog first. But this is where you. Yeah. yeah. This is where I publicly right, said it. Right. But now this is one of my favorite stories you've ever told me oh, you're about too about your D League experience. Yes. So for those of you that aren't aware. There is a dramatic series of events taking place at the Carmel Ice Stadium every Sunday night. Yes, Carmel Ice Rink refers to their ice rink as the Ice Stadium. Right. I'll leave you with that. But every Sunday for the last few years I've been playing in D-League hockey, mm-hmm. people come from all over in skill set. You have some beginners. Mm-hmm. D-League stands for developmental. When I started playing, it was very competitive and there was a playoffs. When you have people that are across different age levels and they're trying to play quote-unquote playoff hockey and get excited, injuries happen. The first time I ever got in this league, you had people breaking legs. The final final day of the season, I think there were like two or three hospital visits for people. So they they pulled the playoffs. So I started my career in D-League with playoffs. And then then they realized the rink did, hey, this was supposed to be a developmental hockey league. 
you all have careers. You have other lives outside of hockey. This is not supposed to be a uh, get injured and and start losing money. So, in the last three seasons, the league has changed dramatically. There's Tremendously. No, there's no longer any any postseason incentive. There's no championship. It's right. all just for fun. Mm-hmm. So, I was fortunate to be drafted pretty highly this year. Uh, not not trying to brag, but I was a top round draft pick. There you go. Like like first or second? I, I think pretty pretty high up there, first or second for sure. Because I, I had teams say, hey, we really were hoping you can come back and play for us, but they got you too soon. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I was the first round pick for the uh, Cat Tricks. The Cats were the team I played for this summer. We played from you know May May through August, and our, our last game was, was just last week. We faced, um, I think we, we were playing against Net Sticks and Chill. Next <laughs> was the team we, we fought against. This is beer league hockey, everybody. No, you're just yeah. out there to have a good time. You're just fortunate if you have two or three lines of people. Right. You know, you're just trying to get bodies there. It's a drafted team. Players, you know, shift a lot from team to team. Mm-hmm. Goalies are never set. They show up the day of. So here let me just I just want to give a little preface to that. The teams that play in this league include no regretskis, <laughs> English pigs, who I've been fortunate to play on a few years. Shout out to the pigs. The swamp donkeys. Interesting. Deegan's from Up County. Oh, wow. Ice Ninjas and the High Lifers. High the best, Lifers. The best part about the High Lifers, the captain of that team, his last name is Miller. So that's <laughs> that's where the, the idea comes from. So anyway, the Cat Tricks, we were down 4-1. to one. Mm-hmm. The goalie that was in net for us was, she was doing the best she could. Um, oh. Let in too many easy goals at the start of the game. We mm-hmm. got scored on the opening 30 seconds, and we're all looking at each other on the bench like, well, we only can go up from here. <laughs> this is our last game, guys. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's not let that happen again. So we claw our way back, literally. Cats. Um, the cats. The cat, I can't, I can't nice. make the pun enough. <laughs> so the cats make it back. We're looking at, gosh, I think we're starting the third period, and we're down 4-1. Right. And... You know, we're just hoping for something to go in. And I think we do get a lucky streak of a goal mm-hmm. that slides in to make it 4-2. Right. So now we're like, okay, we're getting momentum. Mm-hmm. Win the face-off. I'm a face-off guy. I typically play center, right-handed shooter. Win the face-off. We're able to get into the zone. I win it all pretty cleanly. Make a few little moves. Slide that puck in behind the goalie. Our team doesn't even know I scored. I like to think I was that lightning fast. And I'm just turning around, trying to get back to the face-off circle. Let's keep going. Right. And people are like, did you score? I was like, yeah, I scored. Let's go. <laughs> so we do our little sillies. Everybody's good. Now we're now we're looking at 4-3. We're down. We're down one goal. So there's Keep like, going. There's like a few minutes left. Right. We're going to keep going. So we win the face-off, make a few moves. I can't remember the, the whole order of events, but eventually we win... Um, we get a face-off in the opposing zone. So we've got momentum. Okay. We pull our goalie. Which in, in D-League. In, in Beer League. In Beer League. That's a death sentence. It's a death sentence. <laughs> because no one no one is that good. Now you have a wide open net and people are just going to fling it to try to get, get that goal. Yep. Shockingly, we, get, we, we keep it in the zone. I give and go to a guy who's cutting into the middle. Mm-hmm. He flings it over. I'm kind of in the left-hand circle, almost in the slot near right. the hash marks. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure it's a one-timer, and it finds the back of the net. <laughs> I don't think I have... I don't, I don't think <laughs> I have ever landed a one-timer. You always call for them, and then they fly right by you. <laughs> and we bear, I bury it. 
and we're tied up four four. Like five hole or it went it went uh, beneath his shoulder, right side. So I don't know. Was that Are one? you kidding? You yeah. went seven hole on yeah. a one timer in yeah. beer league. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Goes in. And now we're just like, I, there's no time to think. <laughs> I think we have under a minute left of ice time. I, I've been on the, we've been on the ice for a while. We haven't shifted anything. You this just line, stay this on line the is bench. working. Yeah, right. this line is working. We just put up two or three goals in the span of minutes, <laughs> and uh, we win the faceoff. Make a few moves, get in. Our captain uh, was playing defense at the time, and then we get it over to him, and fl- he flings it. Mm-hmm. I watch as this goes in and it doesn't register. We just won the game. <laughs> and now we just have to work to fight him off for like 30 seconds. Oh my God. Pandemonium. You would have thought we just won the cup. <laughs> we don't win anything. We made like a. So we, we were. We had everybody this, went out for drinks every, afterwards yeah, anyway. Everybody gets a beer. So that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is how I can proudly announce my end to D League hockey. We won the game 5 4. I will now officially retire proudly, <laughs> having served the Cats for one season, played three or four with the English Pigs, and I'm not retiring because I believe it's a young man's game. I think I can still hang. Mm-hmm. I'm retiring because literally the league is changing. <laughs> D-League now, because people are taking it too competitive, will be removed and become C3. Right. And D-League will literally be two teams that can play out and learn the game, which is how it should be. Mm-hmm. So in a year or two, I'll, I'll take the ice again. I just got to get through my fall travel season for DePaul. Recruiting starts up soon. So in the spring, I'll probably take the ice again with C3. But All right. Happy way to end D-League. Um, you tied the game up. Tied the game you up. Tied the, did you get an assist on the last goal? I think so. Like a like a secondary assist? I think I got a secondary assist. Maybe <laughs> maybe from the face-off. I got two it over points. to a winger, and then he got... yeah Two points. Two points to end Your the season. Your two points right. pushed the Cats it brought, into victory. It brought the life back to the team. That is my radio partner right here. Thank you. <laughs> the shock of the other team, net net sticks and chill. Didn't know because they had it. They got lazy. They were, they were chilling. They were chilling. They they got two. They, they got, were yeah. They were net sticks and chilling. I know. <laughs> so D League dreams, everybody. D League dreams. If you want to play competitive hockey, fairly, I'll put quotes around that competitive hockey. Go to Carmel, Indiana. I think Fishers, Indiana, also has a an ice rink up there at the uh, fuel tank. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Fishers and skate there for a little bit. Nice. Let me know. Yeah, let's. let's you got to teach me how to skate. Oh, okay. I yep. got a mean wrist shot, but okay. someone has got to teach me how to use it. As long as you pick up the skating, the rest comes naturally. Yeah, I hope so. Um, one more thing before we go, and I cannot believe we haven't talked about this in extensive detail. We don't have a whole lot of time. Um, next up is. Thomas Kurt, and I don't know what he's going to be doing, but Thomas Kurt is up next. But before we get off, you have not asked me about P.K. Subban. Yes. Tell me everything. I am unbelievably mad. Mm. I know I'm going to hot take here. Do it. But you got the final few minutes. Subban was the best defenseman Nashville has ever put on the ice. Oh, unreal. And what he does for the community when he gets there. I uh Blue, uh, he did something for the police department yep. and, um, and hospitals. His name, hospitals. He's got a whole wing in a Montreal mm-hmm. hospital. The uh, the jingle crawlers where they where he took kids from St. Jude out trick or treating. Right. Um, I but an amazing, amazing force on the ice. He is one of those two way defensemen mm-hmm. that can play the puck, Which, can be aggressive, but also can get back and right and make make the move to to stop any play. 
when he, I am really upset that they um, didn't play him with Roman Yossi more because mm. I think that that would have just been an unstoppable force. Sure. Um, but Matias Ekholm balanced and, and Ryan Ellis balanced yeah. for you. But um, the big thing with Subban was that when he came back, uh, the game after Christmas against Dallas, that's when he and Arvidsson came back together. He said that he was playing at 90%. So, wow. as an athlete, right, right, you know, if you say, yeah, coach, I'm ready to go, I'm feeling 100%, you're more feeling like 80%. Yeah, if that. If that. like you're Maybe you're, 70. Yeah, you're just kind of <laughs> just chugging along, like, yeah. yeah, I can play. Have you seen his workouts, Subban? Well, no, well yeah, because he posts one every <laughs> single day. And, and engaged now to he Lindsey Vaughn. He got engaged to Lindsey Vaughn. But his workouts are unbelievable because he does he does a good job posting a lot of stuff. I mean, you'll have him. He puts some background music like he's becoming a real editor on Instagram. Yes, no, yeah, follow check him out on Instagram. He's in, he, at, but he said he was playing at ninety percent. That's unreal. Okay, and it's hockey too, right? So ninety percent in hockey as an athlete, you know, he's just happy to be back on the ice. Right, he's not expecting to do anything, and you know what? He was driving play. Mm. Driving play. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was making plays. The quarterback of when the he team. Was, yeah. When he was still hurt. Right. Now, granted, he did mess up the power play system when having two defensemen instead of a forward. It changes and, the typical dynamic that people are used to. But whenever it worked, he would just line up right down the middle with a double screen and he right. would go top corner. But even when he was hurt, he was driving play. I just... I, I, and... I, I, I love the pickup with Matt Duchesne. Mm. I, I, I think that that will be a great um, great acquisition. Obviously, it's going to spark some debate with Turris and Smith, but I think that the pickup for Duchesne was exactly what Nashville needed. Right. I just wish they could have kept Subban just for a little bit longer. Sure. I think he does a lot for teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I see him as one of those people that gets to know a lot of people on mm-hmm. the team. And I think he's that chemistry person. Yeah, he might he might joke, but he also means business. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like just just what I see. You know, going back to the social media piece. I mean, he has a lot of energy mm-hmm. to have that not on your lineup anymore. It's it leaves a hole, right? There's right. like there's a and you know Dante Fabra will do a very good job with whoever he's paired with, but he's no PK Subban, right? So I'm not sure how the top four is going to look. Mm-hmm. I think that Roman Yossi is definitely going to stand out. Sure. Uh, I think that Ryan Ellis will stand out as this year as well. Hopefully not like a sore thumb. Yeah. But, uh, oh my gosh. I am so upset that they... I am still... I... That I will confess. I have to play NHL tournaments with my boss. Mm. I have to. Yeah. And I have yet to beat him. That my good. boss is Justin. I've, good. Yet, I've yet to beat him. I'm still upset that I haven't beat him. So if you can imagine, I'm like sitting in front of my console and I get the the notification that Subban's oh, been sure. traded right. for nothing. Yeah, for a couple AHL defensemen, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, now what am I going to do? Because he's my leading point getter on <laughs> franchise mode. That's not fair, right? Oh, he's your gosh. offense. He's my offense, and but. You know, no. Congrats to him, though. New Jersey just got a huge pickup. We talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. last week of what that team can do now. And uh, congratulations to him as well on engaging to being engaged to Lindsey Vaughn, the legend. Say. That is an American hero. 
she is outstanding. Yeah. At everything. And she, she just does. retired and she just retired after, after yeah, some injuries and some That's right. Unfortunate wrecks and But you know what? Congratulations to them too. Congratulations to uh Subban and I wish him all the luck that I can. Yeah. As long as you well you more than me, he's in the Atlantic Conference. The I Atlantic know, Division. I know. I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous for the Penguins and the whole East Coast and the Mid Atlantic. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Right. So uh, coming up next is Thomas Hurt. Thank you for tuning in to Puck Talk with Spider Jack and Axe. Tune in next week when we talk with Coach Blake Allen from a fan's perspective on the St. Louis Blues. You're listening to WGRE on 91 point FM.